Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Pod Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, feeling incredibly Christmassy because it is the 23rd of December at the time of recording, and I am joined by Christmassy Chris. How are you, Chris? Oh, we're back in primary school. Yes, it's me, the web swing bachelor. (laughs) So, Rob, you recovered from yesterday? (laughs) Yes, um, I was extremely hungover yesterday. We were supposed to record this yesterday. Um, but my face gave out due to the extent of my hangover and just my nose decided to bleed everywhere. So, of course, once I'd got myself together, it was too late to watch the remaining bit of NXT UK. But it's fine because I have watched it today and we are here ready to record. First of all, Chris, though, and this is the most yes. important question, are you ready for Christmas? <laughs> well, I bought all my presents. I haven't wrapped them. Thing is, I bought my niece tons because she's six, and um, all this, all this, I got her all this nice craft stuff. But the thing I know she's gonna love, and I hate that I know, um, but this is what she loves. I got a little unicorn, which when you squeeze it, a little bit of glittery poo comes out, and that's <laughs> gonna be her favorite thing of all Christmas. Nice, nice. I mean, to be fair, you only have yourself to blame because you are the person that bought that toy. Um, yeah, but like I. It's just so perfect because she loves unicorns and she loves dirty humor. Fair enough. I think you're pretty much onto a winner there. You're, you've got the you've got the title of favorite uncle there, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. She hates my twin. <laughs> <laughs> but we are here, ladies and gentlemen, to review episode 17 and episode 18 of NXT UK with Takeover Blackpool approaching with. A ridiculous acceleration now. We're what, two weeks, three weeks out? 20, no, it's the 13th. I keep thinking it's in the 20s, but it's not. It's on the 13th, isn't it? Oh, the 12th. Hang on, I have the tickets right here. It is on the 12th. The 12th of January. Yes. So we are two weeks, two and a half weeks removed from NXT TakeOver Blackpool. And the action's hotting up in the ring. The storylines are heating up in the ring. And... Yeah, it's exciting to watch again. This week, NXT UK have given us two shows. This time, there wasn't a notoriously bad show followed by a good show. It was more two solid shows. Do you agree? No Joseph Connors. Yeah, I think that helped. Um, (laughs) Don't get me wrong, there were some boring matches, and we'll get into that. But overall, I feel both shows had more good than they did bad. Yeah. Um, Especially episode 18. But... We'll start, as always, with a bit of NXT news. Now, I'm sure you, Chris, are fully aware that NXT superstar Cassius Ono has been touted as wanting out of his contract and leaving. Am I right? Absolutely. Well, apparently this was tweeted out by Bodyslam.net, a news source, apparently. Um, Cassius Ono 
took offence to the fact that they were reporting that he wanted to leave. Um, and this was what he took to his personal Twitter account and said. This is a quote. You couldn't be more wrong. Get better sources. First time I'm hearing of Bodyslam.net, and I'm a, I presume it will be the last. I mean, that's Damn. pretty unequivocally, I'm not leaving. You know, this agree? Yeah, you know what this reminds me of? Um, I saw this on Twitter recently where Velvet Sky, um, someone said, why does anyone, uh, like random podcast said, why does anyone care about Velvet Sky nowadays? And she, they didn't tag her, so she literally go- searched her name on Twitter, found it, retweeted going, well, I've never heard of you. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> um so it's it's... It's fairly obvious that Cassius Ono isn't going anywhere, but what I wanted to ask you, Chris, is... Is he in the right place? Well, to be honest, I don't... I think he just wants to make... Because he's getting late on in his career now. NXT isn't an especially grueling schedule. He's getting paid a good wage to stay there. And I think he knows he's not going to get any better anywhere else he goes. Like, he's not going to win any big championships apart from, like, small promotions because everyone else has their big champion at this point. So, like, the best place I think he would fit him is MLW. But even then, like, he, he's too good for Ring of Honor. He's probably too expensive for Impact. So I don't... I think NXT is the best place for him. Fair enough. I think a lot of people are are upset that we haven't seen Cassie Sona on the main roster, but you're absolutely right. He is approaching, as we like to say, the twilight of his career, pardon me. And yeah, potentially what, you know, a schedule where he isn't on the road all the time is better for him. Um, yeah. And if he is potentially, as it is rumoured to be, that he is going to transition into a role in the performance centre and helping our younger talent, then that's fair enough. Um, I, for one, I'm, I'm upset that he never really had a run with a belt, especially in his second tenure. But you know what? You look at the talent that WWE have signed, and especially in the last nine, ten months, I don't think it's going to happen now. Two other, I was rooting for him to win that NXT title against Bobby Roode. Yeah, but he was never going to. I, I was hoping they'd take it to take over, but apparently him versus Nakamura, who just don't have any chemistry, was a better pick. Oh, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Um, but sort of going off the back of this, someone else who is incredibly unhappy at the moment in WWE, if you believe the news sources, which apparently, according to the Cassius Ono story, you must take with a pinch of salt, is Andrade Cien Almas, who apparently is extremely unhappy with his position on the main roster. Now, me and you, Chris, talked about this very, very briefly before we came on air, and we both said, well, yes, obviously, I'd be annoyed if I was in Andrade St. Almas' shoes. Now, this is a man who in January put on a bona fide match of the year candidate with Johnny Gargano, the first yes. five-star rated WWE match in seven years, as it stood at that point. Um, he proved that he could turn himself around from the party boy gimmick that he was sporting in his in his, you know, fledgling years in NXT to the absolute badass he was when he eventually got called up. Now, it's not the first time that Almas has been displeased, let's say, with his point, with his um, position on the card. In NXT, just before his big push, he was apparently very, very upset with where he was. And again, this appears to be what 
he's feeling now. I don't think either of us are surprised, are we, Chris? No, like he's a god everywhere he goes, um, and it's just. It's ridiculous that we haven't done anything with him. Like when I saw him, I remember I was so hyped seeing him in Glasgow um, for the house show I went to. But then he came out and it's like, and did the generic, oh, it's so good to be in England promo. And then got beaten in a minute by Shelton Benjamin. I don't know what the fuck is going on with him. And he he could go back to Mexico and be a god. He could probably go to New Japan and tear it up like he's done before. I don't know why. He would stay because I think what's really destroyed him is the fact that Mysterio came back and WWE feel they can only push one Latin talent at a time. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Almas has done on the main roster. When he first mm-hmm. got called up, you know, after he lost the championship, there was a big, big, big buzz around him. And mm-hmm. he had that match with AJ Styles when he first came up. And though AJ Styles won, apparently he'd Almas did enough in that match to impress Vince. And after all of this, there was rumours that he'd be winning the Royal Rumble in 2019 and all this, and he'd be headlining WrestleMania, and things seemed good. And then, for some unknown reason, his push seems to have stalled. Now, he was in the main event um, last week in Smack- on SmackDown in a tag match, uh, Daniel Bryan, uh, with Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles and Mustafa Ali. But how how the mighty have fallen, really, in the space of a year? Now, I'm not saying this is, you know, it for him, because, after all, look at Asuka. You know, she got promoted, and fucking hell. You know, she got beaten twice cleanly by Carmella. In fairness, that wasn't right out the gates. That was, like, six months later. Even so, you, you can't tell me that Asuka's run was anywhere near as good as you expected it to be. Or oh, no. it needed to be. She was the most captivating thing about the women's division up until... Well, I wouldn't say up until Mania, because she was still captivating afterwards up until around Money in the Bank time. Yeah, and I think the utter bollocks with Carmella and James Ellsworth ruined that. But WWE apparently have turned a corner, and obviously she's now the SmackDown Women's Champion, and hopefully we're getting back towards dominant Asuka and not stupid comedy I-can't-speak-English Asuka, which is apparently the go-to thing for every Japanese wrestler on the main roster. Um... I hope Almas doesn't go. Um, for his sake, you know, he he could be a huge, huge, huge talent in WWE. He could be a WWE champion quite easily and a good WWE champion. I think the partnership of him and Zelina Vega is absolutely outstanding. The only thing is if WWE are going to push him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um... To be fair, I think what killed him was the fact that Lena Vega is now married to Alistair Black, and she obviously conspired to make him lose the title. Um, that's the only reason I refuse to believe that Alistair Black is better than Andrade and Almas. So, so you think there's a uh, a Zelina Vega heel turn? Yes. Well, well, he, I mean, well, not heel, Almas a is face heel. turn. Face turn. Yeah. It would be the it would be the weirdest combo ever. Actually, it'd be the weirdest combo this time side of Slick and One Man Gang. I think that was the thing, but <laughs> right, okay. Um, but it, I would watch that. I, I don't think I would. I'll be honest. Um, I don't know. I feel sorry for Almas. Would I like to see him in New Japan? Definitely, absolutely. And I think if you know New Japan are going to be aggressive in their signings, which if they're going to sign anyone, you know, they need to be, especially with the money WWE is bandying about. 
Mm. I think Almas would be a perfect fit. Yeah. And also, he could still go in and out of CMLL if he's with New Japan. Exactly. Exactly. I think he'd be happier. But we'll wait and see. We'll see what happens with WWE's new reported creative direction. Um, Next, a little bit of sad news. Uh, Dakota Kai is reportedly, according to Dave Meltzer, out for the next six to nine months. Um, Both of Team Kicker injured. I know, with I think with the same injury. Um, so it's an NXT live event in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Dakota Kai uh, sustained an injury to her leg uh, during a match with Kyrie Sane and Candice LeRae taking on Shayna Baszler, Jasmine Duke and Martina Shafir. Now, at the time, they didn't think it was as bad as it was. However, she's had a scan and it looks like she's torn her ACL. Um, yeah, which is awful. Um, especially if that's you know true, because that does have a very very long recovery time, and six to nine months is a really really long time in the wrestling industry. Yeah, that's what took out Rollins. It was just yeah. that one, wasn't it? It was. That's such shit because I love Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai is fantastic. Dakota Kai is absolutely yeah, phenomenal. She's like a Hello Kitty of a Hello Kitty could kick your ass. Exactly, and genuinely, I could see her as a NXT UK Women's Champion. Yeah. Like a match with Tony Storm, like a month ago, was the best of the run. Well, not the, like the best women's match of the run. So. Oh yeah, definitely. I was just going to say it's not the best of the run, but definitely the best women's match of the run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think she's definitely one of the high flyers of that division. And I think the only thing that would stop her is if she got called up before. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, would she win the NXT Women's Championship? Nah. No, I can't really see her winning that. But I think the NXT UK Women's Championship would be a good thing for her. Give her a lot yeah. more exposure to the WWE universe anyway. But we wish her a speedy recovery because, like we both said, she is fantastic. And it's a shame if she is injured for that amount of time. Next, and last piece of news, Chris. NXT uh-huh. have released a DVD. Okay, a DVD collection of the best of TakeOver. Now, this is the match rundown, okay? It's a two-disc set. So we've got Alistair Black versus Adam Cole, the NXT Philadelphia match, and Almas Gargano from the same show. You've got the ladder match for the NXT North American Championship, uh, Velveteen Dream versus Ricochet from Chicago 2, Champa versus Gargano from Chicago 2, and then we've got Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain from Brooklyn 4, um, Adam Cole versus Ricochet from Brooklyn for the NXT Women's Championship match between Carrie Sane and Shayna Baszler from Brooklyn 4. Basically, all of Brooklyn 4 is on there. <laughs> um, Gargano versus Alistair Black from War Games 2. Champa versus Velveteen Dream from War Games 2. And then the actual War Games match. Now, is there anything on there that you feel that they have missed out? There's Two glaring ones for me that they've missed out. Didn't did I hear correctly in that the last man standing from Brooklyn is a number? Um, you are correct. It is not on there. That's shit. That's my favorite one of the Tommaso Champa Johnny Gargano run. There is only one Tommaso Champa versus Johnny Gargano match on here, and that is the one from Takeover Chicago Two. So the five star rated one from New Orleans <laughs> is not on there either. That is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Um, also not on there is the match between, and this is this is a personal preference, but the match between the Undisputed Era and Birch and Lorcan. Oh, fuck, that was amazing too. That was absolutely... It's I un- such a good year for takeover. It has, and I understand that obviously, you know, it's a two-disc set. They can't have every single takeover match on there. But I feel like the match from New Orleans between Gargano and Ciampa definitely deserved a place on that list. And that it hasn't is ever so slightly confusing. Yeah, it's it makes no... But it's, it's not really a big deal because who buys DVDs anymore? Garth, the old man, but... um. Yes, true. <laughs> true, he probably does. He probably has VHS still. Yeah, <laughs> Betamax. But for... <laughs> Um, but for us who just use the network, it's not that big a deal. It just it sucks that they're gonna that those two are missing out on a small amount of royalties for that because it's just it is the best one. It does they put the worst one on here? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't want Gigano and Champa to get too over. Maybe. Although um, DOI looks to be coming back, which is nice. Yes, absolutely. They're. Uh... Their little reunion in the Steel Cage looked fantastic. And, of course, that led to the announcement that the main event of NXT TakeOver Phoenix, which the logo, a thing of beauty, yeah, um, is going to be Champa versus Alistair Black. So I can only assume that Alistair Black is soon for the main roster after he loses against Champa. We'll, we'll see. We, we might have him win and then have Champa win it back at Mania. Maybe would you want to see another Alistair Black run? I don't. I'm not massive. I love Alistair Black's in-ring work, but everything else sort of annoys me. I think you like, and Garth are of a very similar opinion. Um, I don't hate him as much as Gaff does. I'm not going to hate ever. I just don't like the whole Undertaker, but smaller and with more tattoos, I think. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I can see that. I like it. I like that kind of shit, but that is also why I like Bray Wyatt and... Look where that's got me. So, there we are. Anyway, should we get into the meat and bones of our actual podcast, Chris? Probably should. And look at episode 17 and 18 of NXT UK from the 19th of December. So, we're going to start with episode 17, obviously, and we opened with a match between Jordan Devlin and Wild Boar. Fucking hell, Chris, I don't know what to make of Wild Boar. (laughs) He's like, Rhino but smaller and also a child. Um, He's such a fucking weird goose. He really is. I've seen him live and he looks weirder in person. I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, It was an alright match. A good opener. Devlin deadlifting bar was very fucking impressive. Devlin continues to be impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing that sort of stuck in my craw about this match really was how much offense Wild Boar actually got in. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't think we wanted it to be a full squash. I think we still see Wild Boar as something they could do something with. Really? I mean, he was a decent he was a decent tag champion, ICW. Fair enough tag champion. I can see him being a tag champion, but I would have him absolutely nowhere near the main event. I mean, if they had a secondary title, he could be a contender. Not a winner, a contender. No, I can't see it. I can't see it. I would have Ashton Smith above Wild Boar. Genuinely. Yeah, I'm not... When was the last time we saw Ashton Smith? It's been a while. I oh, know he was on last week. He was Shit. on last week. The take, um, sorry, the tag team match. 
I keep forgetting, but that's, it's so it's so weird having two shows in one day. But yeah, it is. Devlin, yeah, was... however, I can see as an NXT UK champion. Oh, Devlin's just insane. I don't know, like, and he's clearly not getting pushed that far up soon. Although he's, he is rumored to be on Takeover in a stellar match. These are just rumors at this point because I don't think they've properly announced it but he's rumored to be going up against Travis Banks which would be absolutely amazing oh god yes I'd yeah. love to see that especially after uh, Travis Banks showing this week yeah, yeah absolutely um, this is a two star match yeah I agree um, Devlin went over as we knew he would after uh, Wild Ball Mr. Cannonball um, hit Island's Call I believe his finisher is and yeah Devlin wins again the one thing I, I just don't think Wild Ball should have had the amount of offense he did, but that's a very, very small thing. It did what it meant to do. Devlin then stood in ring, sort of said that he's the ace and nothing trumps the ace. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Mustache Mountain arrive and cut a promo on Saxon Huxley, Jesus, and Tyson T-Bone, who they are facing later on in the night. We then got a match between Fabian Eichner and Eddie Ryan. Um, Eddie Ryan, the English lion gimmick. A fan, Chris, or not? That's a tiger mask. That's not a lion. Um, that's actually what I put in my notes was Fabian versus tiger mask, apparently. Um, I've never heard of Eddie Ryan. I've never heard of him either. Apparently 10 years in the business. Um, very big in Plymouth. Very big in Plymouth, though apparently the people in Plymouth didn't know who he was either because um, it wasn't until about, what, three minutes into the match that they started chanting for him? Yeah. Uh this, again, this, again, this match was fine. Um, his ta- the whole English Lion, fine, I guess. I still don't care about you. Show me more. Yeah, but yeah. This I is agree. this is fine. Fabian just needed to get a win back after losing to Flash last week, so I'm fine with this. Yeah, absolutely. I love. I still love Einer. I think he's brilliant. And again, he's, the, he's one of the best brawlers going. I can't think of many better brawlers nowadays. No, and I think his tenure on um, NXT UK will do him good because it's more yeah. exposure to fans. Um, mm-hmm. But again, he went over with the knee to the head while he's against the uh, ring steps, and then spinning powerbomb, Fabian Eitner goes over after five minutes. Two stars? Two stars. Yeah. Decent enough, did what he needed to do, but other than that, it, was, it wasn't something we'd go back and watch. Let's put it that way. Definitely not. Um, we then had a Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster promo, didn't we, Chris? Yes, we did. I, I reminded you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember what we said, but it occurs to me here. It's like this tag team is like if Paul Weller and Tom DeLonge were in a tag team and also Welsh. <laughs> yeah. It, God, God, could you imagine that's a tag team? That would be the most irritating tag team ever. That would be awful. Um, I'd, I think a tag team is the correct place for Webster and Andrews because... Again, as so many of the talent, the, the main event at the moment is clogged up with British Strong Style, Gallus, Travis Banks, and Jordan Devlin. Mm-hmm. I don't see Morgan Webster or Mark Andrews getting anywhere near that scene at the moment. No, definitely not. Now, what I could see them doing is being that underdog babyface tag team that nobody expects to get the gold and then manages out of nowhere to get the gold. That yeah. I can imagine. 
Yeah, and I'd be down with that if Mark Andrews changed his fucking theme tune. He's not going to change his theme tune, is it? It's free advertising for his shit band. We'll get into this when, it, when it's actually their match. Exactly, exactly. We then cut to the match between Mustache Mountain and Saxon Huxley and Tyson T-Bone. I like the team of Huxley and T-Bone. Um, yeah, it made, it made me feel bad around halfway through. Um, by putting down Mustache Mountain versus Random Jobber Tag Team number 86, because it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, apart from the fact that Tyson T-Bone, who apparently has amateur boxing background, still throws punches like Shane McMahon. Yeah. Which, are they were just the pits. Just the absolute pits, those punches. On when... the subject of punches, why do people still fall for bop and band? I don't because... understand that either. I was going <laughs> to ask does... you the same thing. He does it every match. He does, but do you know what? And I know we say that NXT is, uh, sorry, NXT UK, sorry, is very much the um, British Strong Style show, but fucking hell, they're entertaining. Mm-hmm. This match was great. They are great. This match was yeah, absolutely, absolutely great. Yeah, they pulled a nothing tag team to a 2.25 star match, which is good, but. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, and. Tyson T-Bone can just fuck off. I don't I don't like his gear. I don't like anything about him. He's just a shit Fabian Eichner. He's got a caravan on his shirt. How can you hate him? <laughs> a caravan on his shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, this this was an entire vehicle for Mustache Mountain, as you would expect. Um, there was a lovely moment right towards the end where Bait is pinning Saxon Huxley. T-Bone goes to elbow to break up the pinfall and misses and just elbows Huxley. Then there's the double team move from Mustache Mountain. Mustache Mountain go over after seven minutes. Good little match. Um, Crowd really, really hot for Mustache Mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, I imagine that they are going to be in the final match for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships. I mean, they'll probably win them, if I'm honest. Um, um, obviously our hearts are with Grizzled Young Veterans but... oh god they are so with the Grizzled Young Veterans um, <laughs> but yeah do you know what Mustache Mountain even even their theme tune even mm-hmm. their theme tune is just fucking brilliant I have a question about the um, non-Mustache Mountain member of British Strong Style so you know how Pete Dunne puts his um, belt in his mouth yes what's that belt made out of leather yes I thought he was vegan Is Pete Dunn vegan? I think he is, yeah. You sure you're not just thinking of uh, Daniel Bryan? <laughs> they don't look anything alike, Rob. <laughs> well, just checking. Um, I, d- I don't know. I Maybe he's got a leather substitute. <laughs> maybe he coats it in a vegan paste before he puts it in his mouth. <laughs> An animal still had to die, Rob. Or maybe it's, he's got his mouth guard in. Maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, so it technically doesn't count. It doesn't count at all. Doesn't count at all. Um, moving on from this match, we uh, cut backstage where Dave Mastiff is being interviewed, um, talking about how he is the only done defeated monster. Eddie Dennis, who didn't look anything like Pack this time, um, attacks. You know, basically calls out Dave Mastiff, saying, "This is not over. This is not over." The attack was savage. Dave Mastiff sold it really well. But, and I hate myself for thinking this because I'm not going to be able to unthink it now, um, he sounded a lot like Rob Brydon in this promo. He sounded a lot like Uncle Bryn. 
I was about to say um, a Welsh person can't shout and be intimidating. He really like, can't. If if we're ranking sort of intimidation when shouting, it sort of goes Scottish, Northern English, Irish, Southern English, Welsh. Oh, yeah. If we're talking UK accents, Scottish and Northern Irish are Man City and Man United. <laughs> and then the rest of the accents are like your, I don't know, your Morecambe. And your... Yes, but... Football references, I completely understand what you were if talking about. If it's not Celtic, Celtic or Rangers, you just don't understand, do you? I just I just do not understand past that, because that's all I've been... I'm Bolton Wanderers, because my granddad liked Bolton Wanderers. Your Scottish um, granddad likes Bolton Wanderers? No, my English granddad likes Bolton right. Wanderers. Right, well, that makes more sense. Is he from Bolton? <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, well, there you go, then. That makes sense. Um, I've been to Bolton Wanderers Stadium twice when Newcastle played them in the Premier League. We lost both times and haven't scored a goal there. It's not a happy <laughs> hunting ground for Newcastle. Anyway... We then got a Pete Dunn video package, really well shot, um, and the fact that he at the moment, I believe, is 583 days into his reign yeah. as um, WWE UK champion. That's a ridiculous amount of days, and he has put on some excellent matches in defence of that title. Yeah, it's been absolutely, he has had some great defences, it's been some of the best matches on NXT TV. Yeah, yeah, they have, yeah, but- absolutely. I, I think it's time for him to... He's getting too dominant. Like, I can never believe Pete Dunne's going to... No matter where he's fighting, I don't believe he's going to lose. I agree with you. And that sort of leads into my next question, which, imagining that you haven't already seen the matches on the card for NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, <laughs> which I know you have because I've seen them too, um, who would you like to see take the belt off Pete Dunne? It would still be Joe Coffey, because I love... Joe Coffey. Um, Banks would also be great. Um, Candy Floss. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I think we'd all like to see a Candy Floss UK Championship reign. It would be amazing. Oh, she'd totally bling up the belt, wouldn't she? She'd come out oh, and it'd be like gumdrops all over it. Oh, it'd be horrible. Just a gingerbread man sitting on it shouting not the gumdrop buttons. <laughs> it would be amazing. It would be the worst thing. Um, I- I'd love it. I- oh, God. Well, speaking of Candy Floss, someone who beat Candy Floss in recent NXT UK TV tapings. What a segue. Mate, honestly, honestly, professionalism this, professionalism, um, is the champion, Rhea Ripley, the NXT UK women's champion, Rhea Ripley. And we are told again that history is to be made tonight on NXT TV because it's the first time that the NXT UK t- uh, Women's Championship is to be defended with the champion Rhea Ripley taking on Isla Dawn. Right. So they go make a cup of tea? Well, I mean, what did you think of it first? I thought this is actually Isla Dawn's best match yet. Um... Just great stuff. Um, Nigel McGuinness saying on commentary that Dawn considers herself as feminist. It's almost like he wants her to get death threats on Twitter. But no, this was good. That inverted cloverleaf that um, that Ripley does. Absolutely brutal. Um, This was the best example of a world's worst jackhammer. (laughs) She should still change it. But still, (laughs) this was... It's actually quite funny watching this because the English had to decide whether or not they hate Australia or Scotland more. Yeah, Isla Dawn got a lot of chance in this, mm-hmm. and I didn't think, like, every time Isla Dawn has come out in previous TV shows, there's been no reaction at all. No reaction at all. And 
magically in this. I don't know if this was obviously in the one of the first matches of the taping or something, but very, very, very supportive, the Plymouth crowd. I don't know, Chris. I don't know what it is. I, just, I don't think I'm sold on Isla Dawn. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm... As a match, as a as a match, this was this was okay. This was okay, and yeah, I completely agree with you. This is Isla Dawn's best outing. The float over suplex. I don't know if it was the camera work. It actually looked okay in this match. I still don't think it's a good finisher. In fact, I think it's a dog shit finisher. Um, just fucking kick the woman in the head. Don't bo- bother with this bollocks floater. She hit a Saito suplex just before it that looked more mm-hmm. savage than her finishing move. Out of context, I imagine someone just heard you shout, kick the woman in the head. Kick <laughs> <Yeah>. her. <laughs> it's a good job I live in a detached house. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I I think it's because, and this, this was going to fall on anyone, who was the first one to challenge Rhea Ripley. There was no drama in this at all. Well, yeah, but it's a TV taping title defense. You're not really going to get... Look, look at Jordan Devlin versus Pete Dunne. You, st- you, you still knew going into that that Jordan Devlin wasn't winning. Yes, and I completely agree with that. I enjoyed that match at Downside more, though. And yeah, even well... though I knew that Isla Dawn wasn't winning this, I was never invested in the match, whereas... Even Danny Birch versus Pete Dunne. There's no way Danny Birch is winning that title. But Definitely in that not. match, everyone was behind him. I was behind him. I don't even like him that much, but I was behind <laughs> him. The, like, the drama of that match made me just sort of briefly buy into the fact that fucking hell, Danny Birch might actually win this. Okay, At no but his... point did I think, oh my God, Isla Dawn's hit the shitty float over butterfly thing. She's going to win. The only, the, the, only, the only thing that surprised me, sorry, the only thing that surprised me was that it took Ripley to two to ca- to kick out of that finisher. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Rhea Ripley isn't Pete Dunne. She's not going to... She's just not, and it's not... She's still a great champion, but she's not someone to take these people who are never going to win and make them seem credible. She just doesn't have that experience yet. I think for the t- experience the two women have and for the... Um, but time both women have been in the spotlight, I think this is the best they could have done. I think they actually outdid themselves because honestly, I I did really enjoy this despite the whole. I gave this three stars, Rob. I did really enjoy this. I'm giving it two and a half. <laughs> two point seven five compromise. Fine. <laughs> there were there were things, and I don't want I don't want you to go away thinking that I'm, I hated this match. I didn't. I liked the match, but. This for me wasn't a championship bout. But if they'd have it, just but... done, if it had been a non-title match, I'd have thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed this match. I think because, just, I don't know, because like you've said, with all the Pete Dunne matches, and it, yeah, you can argue that it is just because Pete Dunne has got the experience, but he is only twenty, what, twenty-four. You can't... He's not old. Yeah, exactly. And I know Rhea Ripley is 22 because they brought it up again on commentary and that apparently <laughs> seems to be the only thing they can bring up. She's Australian. She's 22. Um, <laughs> she went to mosh pits when she was 10. Apparently to strengthen her, apparently. Um, but Isla Dawn is pretty experienced. Not massively, but pretty. Rhea Ripley is pretty experienced. I don't know. There should have been more drama in this match. 
Pete Dunn's had about two years in the spotlight. These two have had about six months. I don't think it's fair to compare the two. Maybe I am being picky, but yeah. honestly, I don't know what... It, I don't it was, know whether it's never, just... Go on. There's never going to be a ton of drama. I think you need to sort of detach that bit, because like, unless, uh, quite frankly, if it, something big happened, we will have heard about it by now. So when it comes to a TV taping, you sort of need to rip that away. And just sort of see what you've been given. And we were given a pretty good match. Maybe. Maybe. I just um, I just felt out of it. And that might... Let's just... Let's move on, shall we? Because I feel like we could go around in circles about that match. Um, so we moved on to episode 18, which obviously followed directly on, even though we are to believe that there is a week's difference between the two. Um, Tony Storm's back on Yay. episode 18. Um, she was taking on Charlie Morgan. Um, this was okay. This was good. This, this was really good. Both women have worked together before. Both women work really well together. Um, I again, no drama, but I'm not going to let that affect my enjoyment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if Charlie worked, Morgan was going for the fucking title. Charlie Morgan's had championship shots before, in progress. Um. No, they both people work really well together. They work together a million times up and down the country, so of course they did. Um, I'm starting to really miss um, Tony Storm's power driver. Yeah, she has uh, a great power driver. She's she's excellent, and <laughs> when she does get the NXT UK Women's Championship, which she will do, um, I think she's going to be an absolutely incredible success. And then well, obviously yes. she'll move on to the main roster, and she'll be even bigger there. Um, it was a good match. It was a solid match, like you say. Everything looked smooth because they've got good chemistry together because they've worked together before. The Storm Zero, I don't know what it was about this Storm Zero, but it just looked flawless this time. It, it really does. did. It was so smooth um, for Tony Storm to pick up the victory. Charlie Morgan, for her part, did really well. Um, she got a little bit of offense in, which is good. The slap sounded savage to start the match. Um <laughs> Followed by Tony Storm beating the living piss out of her, which was quite funny. Um, but yeah, decent match, decent little opener. I'm happy that Tony Storm's back. Who wouldn't be? Um, but yeah, decent opener. What would you give it? Yeah. Two stars, this wasn't long enough to be anything else. Let's give it that then. We then get a video package on Gallus. I really enjoyed this. This, yeah. this was excellently produced. Yeah, um, it's obvious where they're going if you haven't read spoilers already. So, but I don't know, I just, I prefer Gallus as a unit to British Strong Style because British Strong Style feels more like three um, different um, single stars coming together to be a unit, whereas Gallus feels like an actual fucking unit and they have their goals. They've done well building them as a stable. And I think the yeah. difference is, is that British Strong Style were a stable before they came into NXT UK. Whereas yeah. we've got the entire backstory of Gallus, and we've sort, you know, we've been with them throughout it. Also, you've got to remember that British Strong Style have got the NXT UK champion, uh, champion, and Mustache mm-hmm. Mountain, and it seems to be very divided between Pete Dunne and Mustache Mountain, mm-hmm. and it almost seems to take Tyler Bate to actually say, "Yeah," and Pete Dunne for him to remind that, "Oh, fucking hell, yeah, they they know Pete Dunne," um, and sometimes it can be yeah. that, and. Um, I don't know. I I agree with you. I think Gallus are the stronger stable. It's it's obvious where this is going. It's obvious what the main event of NXT UK Takeover Blackpool is, or what it's going to be. Um, 
But yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly invested in Gallus, even with Wolfgang and Mark Coffey, who I don't Wolfgang's know Wolfgang's amazing. About. Don't. <laughs> no, I don't know much about them. It's not that I don't like them. And obviously, what I mean, what has he done on NXT UK TV at the moment? He got beaten in four minutes by Travis Banks due to shenanigans. Um, <laughs> and then he beat... Cheating bastard. Did he beat Mark Andrews when he turned? He, he has beaten Mark Andrews. He hasn't been given the best run because Joe Coffey is the obvious star of Gallus, but... Joe Coffey's fucking brilliant. He's so good. He's an, he isn't. Really I've never is. seen him have a bad match. He's. Have you seen this match against Minoru Suzuki? What? <laughs> yeah, it was at a what culture show? Oh, it's on. It's on YouTube for free. Oh God. <laughs> oh, I've had a wrestling orgasm. I, th- I think I've set the bar too high. It wasn't the best match ever. Oh, you fucking it was, dick! <laughs> it was. It's still really. It's still really good match but the crowd had no it was before suzuki returned to new japan so the crowd had no clue who he was oh when he was part of noah um no this is like that brief transition period where he wasn't in noah and he wasn't in um new japan all oh, right because he came when did he He came back january 2017 didn't he for um yeah Dash. Um, but yeah I, I would recommend you watch that match it's actually a pretty good show all around that what culture show it's all on it's on youtube for free you should check it out I will do because that's my kind of wrestling, and <laughs> I I can honestly see Joe Coffey becoming one of my favorite wrestlers. I really can. He already is one of my favorite wrestlers. Can I make you jealous again? I've seen Joe Coffey versus Zack Saber Junior. Fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before me and Chris fall out live on air, um, we then moved on to the tag team match between Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews and the grizzled young veterans James Drake and Zach Gibson. Fucking hell, this was another great tag team match. This was awesome. Um, very quickly, if you had to give Mandrews and Webster a name, what would it be? Um... Oh god, I'm on the spot now. Um, the <laughs> Mark Andrews would probably want to call it Junior. High-flying mobsters. High-flying <laughs> monsters, even. Mobsters. Monsters. I like that. What would you call them? Um, shit and flippy. I <laughs> <laughs> in the flippy. Get it? Cause it's a jam album. I like city. it. I like it. I like it. There's not enough who. Um, sorry. There's not enough jam references <laughs> in can, uh, wrestling he, podcasts today. When he's everywhere else, he comes out to in the city by the jam. So such a good song. Um, it's so good. Anyway, the more I see the grizzled young veterans the more I'm like, fucking hell, just put the straps on them now. But they're basically the revival. They are. The, um, and we said this on the last podcast. Yeah. This is this is what the revival should be doing. Zach Gibson and James Drake together are brilliant. And there was a moment in the corner of the ring where they showed off just how much chemistry they've got together. Because obviously they have. They've, you know, they've been grizzled young veterans for God knows how long. But there was a bit where Mark Andrews was on the top. They knocked him off. They propped him up on the second rope, hit a ticket to ride and pinned him. And it mm-hmm. was just, it was the smoothest transition. It was the smoothest, like, sequence of movements. It just looked incredible. It looked beautiful. Absolutely. Um, they, they actually had a really good match a few months ago. They only just got around to watching. Um, it was them versus Aussie Open versus the 198, which is Wild Boar again, and um, Flash Morgan Webster. And it was fucking amazing. Sorry, it's what? 
the one what who is in that team what um flash morgan webster and wild Bull. on what fucking planet <laughs> bo- did they have bo- a link they're both welsh what <laughs> one is a mod the other dresses as a pig Oh, um, in progress, Flash Morgan Webster went um, teamed with Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins and went a bit dark. He's not really a mod anymore. I literally have. <laughs> I just... What? <laughs> I've opened a wormhole here for Rob. I just, oh, my God. My head hurts. Can <laughs> Wild Boar and Flash Morgan Webster team together? Oh, it's like yeah. an alternate dimension. <laughs> they actually oh, work my really aching well head. Oh, right. Anyway, but there's actually a funnier team of um, Chris Brooks and Timothy Thatcher called the Calamari Thatch Kings. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, this was ace. This was Absolutely. ace. And again, it was a clinic in tag team wrestling. Gibson and Drake cutting off the ring, dragging Webster away when he was trying to tag to Andrews. I thought Andrews in the hot tag, that's where Andrews should be. He should be the hot tag because he was like a house of fire. His double stun dog millionaire was excellent. Um, just everything about this match, all four of them worked together really, really well. Um, it's just a shame in a way, really, it had to end the way it did. Yeah, um, um, with Eichner coming out, destroying, yeah. I think it was Webster. Yeah, he came out and destroyed Webster, then destroyed, and, well, Andrews then attacked Eichner, distracted him, and uh, Gibson was able to lock in the Shankly Gates, which looks so painful. I know. It's, like, in theory, it shouldn't look as painful as it does, but that Gibson's just amazing. Incredible. Incredible. And I really, really hope that these win the tag team titles now. I really do, mm-hmm. because... If if the potential is for a grizzled young veterans versus mustache mountain match, that will blow the fucking roof off the place. That will. Yeah. It will be incredible. Uh, the atmosphere will be absolutely out of this world. They've had a few matches before, and they have been great. Trent Seven is the most natural foil for Zach Gibson. Trent Seven is my spirit animal. He really it- is. He just when um, Zach Gibson wasn't signed to WWE, he should just go up to James Drake and go, "Hey, colleague," <laughs> just to annoy Zach Gibson. The man is just a god. Um, yeah. Looking at the Eichner run in now, uh huh. It it worked storyline wise because obviously mm-hmm. everything that happened with Morgan Webster and Andrews and Eichner over the last couple of weeks, it it works. It also, as a positive, means that Eichner is obviously sticking around in NXT UK, which the more Eichner matches I see, the happier I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. I just wish that this match could have had a clean finish. Yeah, but I think we want to protect Mandrews and um, Webster for now. Yeah, high-flying monsters. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I can see, I can see that... Yeah, I just I think I was enjoying this match. I was I was really really into this match. I so mean, you now I, hate Eichner, so he's done his job. Yeah, exactly. It's it's good booking. I just you know, it's a TV. It's a TV taping. Yeah, we weren't going to get a four you know a four or five star match, but that was where it was going if it had carried mm-hmm. on. But as it turns out, I'd give it what three point two five. I was going to give it two point seven five. So one of me three stars. Yeah, fair enough then. 
Um, after the match, Eichner then comes out, sort of regains consciousness on the ramp after being taken out by Mark Andrews, comes in, attacks Andrews, Webster and Andrews team up, and the numbers game forces Eichner out. Um, we then get <laughs> the match with the little most heat in the world ever. We've got the two women in the women's division who are currently over, have not won a match yet each between yeah. Nina Samuels and Killer Kelly. Now, on this podcast, we have spoken about Killer Kelly and how, A, she looks like she's wearing a nappy, which doesn't she's help. Lo- she's lost that now. She has. Bit. That was what I was going to say. She's clearly listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, about five weeks ago. Exactly. Um, and we've said before about how she has come across as very green. Yeah, there's only, before this, there was only one match where she didn't look green, and that was against Miko Satamora in the Mayan Classic. Now, Chris, in your opinion, is this the best we've seen of Killer Kelly in NXT UK? In NXT UK, yeah. She, like, she didn't look as green. Like, she still looked green, but she didn't look like she didn't know what she was doing. Because, like, for the whole time, she hits a move. But, like, her and Nina are almost very set, different, where... Um, Kelly can hit her moves really well, like she has a great German suplex, etc. But mm. can't really do the in between bits. Whereas um, Nina can do the in between bits really well, but can't really hit her moves to look convincing. Like that Yoshi Garashi wasn't very good. No, there was a couple of very, very sort of awkward transitions between moves where the two of them seemed to just walk around a bit and not yeah, really th- know what was happening. That insecurity from like the there's near the end of the match where like she was just sort of looking at her for like five seconds before she hit the insecurity and then it's like have you ever watched any match ever from the last five years if some if someone's caught your leg they're gonna go for an insecurity punch them yeah absolutely that was it was an awkward moment that was and it seemed to go on for ages as well there was the moment as well where Nina Samuels was grabbing Killer Kelly's Killer Kelly Killer Kelly's bloody hell that's difficult to say um her ponytail or pigtail yeah. And it took Killer Kelly absolutely ages to register that this was happening. So yeah. there was just this awkward moment for ages. Uh, that led to a, fish, a fisherman's buster. And then the Ushigoroshi and Samuels walked away the victor. Can I just say, as someone with long hair, that's my fucking worst nightmare is someone pulling it. I'm going to pull it's it It's the now. worst. NXT don't, take, don't, N- don't pull my... I will end you. NXT but, UK take over Blackpool. Don't pull my hair. Um, Dark match, but, me and you. <laughs> Come on, man, square go. But um, <laughs> no, this was this is fine. I'm glad Killer Kelly's finally dropped an nappy. She's looked better than she has ever. Nina Samuels didn't look too good in this match in victory. Well, that was what I was going to say. My, I thought that with Killer Kelly being the younger, the younger worker, and I hate using age in that way because you know, look at Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven's the oldest one, but by far the most charismatic. Mm. But I thought they would invest more in Killer Kelly. And I thought this was the perfect sort of match for Killer Kelly to go over. Because in my opinion now, you have got Nina Samuels. What is different between Nina Samuels and Ginny? Apart from their their win-loss record, obviously. Um, Ginny has better entrance music. Oh, God, right. We do need to talk about this now. Nina Samuels has the worst entrance music in the world because you just had what was basically Ramstein 
playing in Killer Kelly, and then you'd got fucking lounge music playing in Nina Samuels. Sort that shit out. It's dreadful. In, in, in her defense, I like it better than Mark Andrews' theme. We all like it better than Mark Andrews' theme. And now I've got that oh, in my uh... head. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's every shit pop punk band. Anyway, sort out Nina Samuels' music. It's no wonder the woman's got no fucking heat. You know, I would get behind it if you know in the Family Guy Star Wars um, the episode where they're in the elevator and it plays a live um, a lounge version of the Darth Vader theme. If she came out to that, I'd be behind her. Everyone would, but it's not. It's just <laughs> it's generic elevator music. Yeah. Oh, it's just dreadful. Anyway, I mean, it's the worst theme in all of any all of wrestling, like anywhere. Is it the no right to censor was fucking dreadful? It was just not. Right, it was just a car that's alarm. Not, that's not a theme, and it at least got them heat. I don't know. Dean Ambrose's new one's pretty shit. With that, Dean one. Ambrose has a new one. I don't watch well. <laughs> no, it's it's the same one it's always been, but they've superimposed a war raid siren on it. But it doesn't <laughs> fit with the rest of the song, and it's just awful. It but, really is. It is. Some- it's about to the point of just through Skype lag. If one of us did Dean Ambrose theme and one of us did the siren, it would sound it would sound like the theme. Yeah, ex- that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It doesn't fit with this. Go onto YouTube afterwards and find it. It's dreadful. But Nina Samuels is worse. It's I, it's dreadful. I like that. I give you Joe Coffey versus Minoru Suzuki, and you give me Dean Ambrose's new theme. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say that we don't reciprocate things. Um, but yeah, I just, I think, I don't know what you think, but I think Killer Kelly should have gone over here. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we're sort of starving for good heels. Uh, then again, the heel champions, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, actually, I'd go for Kelly. I think Nina has more experience, and I think that's sort of what they're looking at for the short term of building a good, um, good divisions. It does... It does make me laugh that Nina Samuels was the heel here, yet you've got someone called Killer Kelly, and it's she's the cr- face. When when I was watching um, the Royal Albert Hall shows, um, my niece walked in, sat down, watched it a bit with me, and Killer Kelly comes out. She's like, what's she called? I'm like, oh, Killer Kelly. And she's like, why would your mother, why would her mother name her Killer? <laughs> oh, to be six years old again. <laughs> um. We then cut backstage and Fabian Eichner is being interviewed about being absolutely owned by Andrews and Webster. He takes issue with this and says that he's going to find himself a tag team partner to help him do that. Now, Chris, Mm -hmm. when he said he was going to find a tag team partner, you know random shit that runs through my head, like when I thought that Eddie Dennis was Pac? Yeah. Do you know what came through my head first? What? Cesaro. And I don't know why. I think it's because Eichner looks and sort of sounds like Cesaro. I'd just love to see those two take on Andrews and Webster. It's not going to happen, of course, because Cesaro is a tag team champion on the main roster. But in my head, I went, fucking hell, it's going to be Cesaro. And then in- my, the rest of my brain took over and went, don't be fucking stupid. You know who I think it will be? Oh, you're going to come up with something stupid now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but let me very quickly change my answer. Um... Candy floss. That that wasn't going to be your stupid answer. <laughs> I'll be honest, that was my original answer, but I couldn't think of anything else because candy floss was stuck in my head. Okay. As, I'm, as not always, gonna, apparently. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I think candy floss has turned into the Tai Chi of this podcast. Oh, God, maybe. Maybe. 
So, if we were being serious now, <laughs> and it's not going to be Candy Floss or Cesaro, Bar Bar would Bar would be a decent fit. Yeah, I think Devlin. Mm. No, because no, who's taking the pin there? Bob Webster. Uh, I was just going to say, either Andrews but, or Webster. But eventually, um, they're going to get their heat back, and then it's either Devlin or Ike, and neither of which can really afford a pin. Um, taking the pin, Eichner unless it spawns into a feud. Eichner can take the pin. What they gonna, they're not Eichner's not going to be in the main title picture, is he? No, at least but not yet. they introduced a sec. No, but he's too good, and he's getting pushed too hard to be taking pins, other than like the fluke ones to set up a feud. So who knows? But I don't think I think Bo would be better because at least he can take the pin. We'll see next week. We will. I've got a horrible feeling. You're right though. Um, We then cut to the main event between Joe Coffey and Travis Banks. This was an excellent match. I only have one complaint, and at times it was very hard to tell who was meant to be hurt from the move. Yeah, Travis Banks sold his shoulder injury to the point where I actually got confused at one point with a move as to who had actually hit the move. Yeah, like Coffey gave himself a self-rock bottom. (laughs) Yes, he did. Like, that was the only bad thing of the match. This was absolutely everything I'd want a Coffee versus Banks match to be. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't it wasn't Coffee Trent Seven. No. But which that, in my opinion is one of the matches of the run. It's the match of a run. But um, <laughs> second, I'd say. I'd say Pete Dunn, no, I'm done, and, just pips it. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Pete Dunn Devlin. Um No, I did love Pete Dunn Devlin, but I think Trent Seven Joe Coffee was, was better. Like I say, Absolutely. Joe Coffey is quickly morphing into one of my favourite wrestlers in NXT UK, and probably just in general, and this is just from seeing him in, what, 18 episodes of NXT UK? The man is an absolute fucking behemoth. I'm going to have to give you uh, um, Joe, Joe Coffey watch list, aren't I? Yes, there's absolutely. Some, there's some great one, ones he's had. He used to do a 30-minute Ironman challenge in ICW, like where like pay-per-views would open up with him and doing an open challenge for a 30-minute Ironman. One of which was answered by Jack Gallagher, and that was a great match. Oh, I can um, imagine that. That'll be ace. <laughs> yeah, he's just so good. He's easily the most intimidating monster on um, NXT UK because right now Mastiff and Dennis are in this weird feud of the teachers. Yeah, but it's weird. it's like the geography teacher and the history teacher at a square go. Um. <laughs> it is a little bit. Um, I don't know a lot of Travis Banks, and now from what he, I understand, isn't he ordinarily a heel? Uh, okay, it's weird. So it depends what promotion you're in, and he he was around summer last year. He was the conquering hero of um progress. I'll stick to progress because otherwise we'll be here all day. And then, like, over his title terrain, he slowly morphed into heel because he kept beating fan favourites. Um, fan favourites were never going to win, but it's people like um, Jackson Sexsmith, the pansexual phenomenon. Um, for... <laughs> I like just dropping these in here. Um, Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews, like, he just kept beating all these big crowd favourites, like Tyler Bate, Trent Seven. Actually, he beat Trent in super strong style. He beat Trent Seven in, like, seven seconds. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, he went on to win, believe it or not. Um Absolutely, he he turned. He, he's played both face and heel. 
he can play both very convincingly. So, and I think he's fine as the face here because they have enough heels. Yeah. Um, the only reason I ask is because his entire gimmick just seems to lend itself to being a heel. But the only real reference point I have, because apart from the tournament that we had in January, the only real reference point I've had for this was his match with Wolfgang, which was such a raging disappointment mm-hmm. that... I came into this match. Exactly. This match, I was like, oh, fuck. Please, please don't be disappointing. And it wasn't at all. I thought Banks played played a fantastic babyface in this. He was selling that shoulder absolutely brilliantly. Coffee was just relentless attacking that shoulder. Mm -hmm. Absolutely relentless. Now, another reason Joe Coffey is my favorite wrestler, he has a move called Divorce Court. Which is just fucking brilliant. It's amazing, but it re—he really did build himself as this absolutely just badass heel. And Banks, he did all sorts of great work in putting him as like one of my top baby faces in that company. Because up until this match, I'll be honest, I didn't give a shit about him. He's very, and like, it takes a while for you to, because my first exposure to him, and I kind of hate myself for this, was what culture? And like, he was always played as a heel there. And what culture had a problem with, he never gave people enough time to get over unless they were in a faction or from America. Mm. So, like, I wasn't convinced of him there. But then I started watching Progress, and damn, damn, he, he's incredibly. Good. If I'm, gi- if I'm giving you one thing to show you how good Travis Banks is, go watch his match with Will Ospreay at Unboxing. There was a bit, you know, a slice of heaven. Yes. Um, he went up for a slice of heaven. Osprey goes up while he's still on the ropes for a slice of heaven. Springboards into an Oz cutter. Oh. And then later in the match, he trends. Um, not Banks counters the Oz cutter into the um slice of heaven. That sounds amazing. Right, okay. I'm, once we go off air, I'm going to write these things down because I'm going to watch all these. Um, um, this one's only available on Progress On Demand, so you would have to either steal my subs- um, steal my subscription or get your own. I'm obviously going to steal your subscription, obviously. <laughs> um, speaking of Travis Banks, his double stomps looked brilliant, really brilliant, especially yeah. that last one onto the back of Joe Coffey. Um, Keep in mind, he's working in Progress, which is the strong style promotion of Britain, so it's used to doing that sort of thing. Exactly, and again, these two had great chemistry. They had Absolutely. really, really good chemistry, and eventually Coffee won, which he needed to do, especially if we're building him towards spoilers, the main event of NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. It's obvious. It, it is. It is extremely obvious, but even it so... It was obvious from the first match of NXT UK. Yeah, it was. Um... Lariat finishes Banks off with the left arm after uh, Banks yeah. blocked the right arm. And I that loved a, that. That was a New Japan finish, if yeah. I've ever seen one. It was brilliant. And I just, I've, I'm so behind Joe Coffey now. And I, I know, know he's the heel. I, I know he's a heel. And yeah, do you know what? When we go to NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, which is really difficult to say, um, <laughs> I'm going to be booing him with everyone else. But I absolutely I'm not gonna fucking be booing love him. him. Well, apart from you. Well, it's fine because I'll be pulling your hair, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Ah! Ah! <laughs> Shut up, Chris. Um, it was this was great. Loved it. 
it went just the right amount of time, I'd give it three and a half stars. I give it 3.75. Wow. Okay. I, I thought this was... I thought it would be four stars if it wasn't for that. Um, could not being able to tell who was hurt. Like there was also a point where a dive was counted in an uppercut, and it wasn't completely obvious. I will just say now as well. At one point, Joe Coffey caught Travis Banks, spun him around, and then hit a belly to belly. Yeah, which was just—he's incredible. I love him, and if he ends up as the NXT UK champion, I am more than fine with that. More than it, fine with it. Can you think of anyone else on the roster who really has the clout to take the? Title off of done at the moment. Apart from coffee, no. The only other person it could even conceivably be is Devlin, but they need more time to build Devlin. Bait potentially, but I think he's embroiled in tag team stuff. He's only Mm -hmm. had I think two singles matches. Um, I think breaking up British Strong Style or having Tyler Bait go against Pete Dunne, you know, which is which they've already done three times. Absolutely. I don't think yeah. they want to do that again. Do I want to see Trent Seven go for it? No, not really. I think Joe Coffey's the logical step. I think he's the only real person of any real clout that can go against Pete Dunne and can legitimately beat him. At least in the context of NXT UK, like if you just did it in the context of the whole UK scene, Banks has already beaten Dunne. Like a lot of these people have already beaten Dunne before he ends up becoming like the mega star that he is now. But... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only thing I would say now is, and I want your opinion on this before we go into our last segment of the show, um, how long after Dunn drops that title is he going up to the main roster? I don't want to... Where would he fit? Like, seriously. But everywhere has everything they need. But not. I don't want to see him leave the NXT system just because he'll get ruined. They don't know how to use someone like Dunn. Which is obvious by other UK stars who have went up, or any star who's went up. The only, the only NXT call-up that's been a success this year has been Drew McIntyre. Yeah. That's not what I asked, though. I know. I just don't want it to I happen. I will point so out if... that they promoted Bobby Roode to the main roster on the strength of his chant, as they did yeah. Ty Dillinger, as they did No Way Jose. So... <laughs> If they are listening, like Vince is going to watch NXT UK, but just imagine for a moment that they are keeping tabs on NXT UK and they are listening to the reception that Pete Dunne is getting, that Tyler Bate is getting, that Trent Seven is getting. You know, couple with that, the match that Pete Dunne was part of at NXT TakeOver War Games and the reception he got, not their team, he got. Yeah. I don't think he's long for NXT UK. I, I'm not sure about Tyler Bates and Trent Seven. Pete Dunne, I think we're going to see him on the main roster post-WrestleMania. I'm not sure about post-WrestleMania. I think we're going to see him at least on three NXT takeovers to get that ball rolling, and then he'll go up. We'll see. We'll see. But, Chris, it's time to move on to the final segment of our NXT UK show, and that is, who was the most entertaining for you over the... Coffee. Joe Coffey. I'd find that really difficult to argue with, if I'm perfectly honest. He's incredible. His work in that in that match was absolutely brilliant, and he just looks like a legitimate badass. I'm completely with you in that. Who was your least entertaining? 
Um, Samuel, like for how long she's been wrestling, she has no excuse for half of this stuff. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I, I was torn between her um, and Isla Dawn, but I think I am being a little bit too harsh on Isla Dawn. So, yeah, we'll go with Nina Samuels. The match that she eventually won was not the greatest match in the world, and the fact that she's gone over despite me thinking that Killer Kelly probably has more potential. I don't know. I felt it wasn't the greatest. Best match. Oh, again, Coffee versus Banks, easy. Yep, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Least entertaining match. Do I have to say? <laughs> yes, you do. Fuck's sake, Nina Samuels versus Killer Kelly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So this episode, episode 18, had the best and the worst of the two shows. But I thought... Has there been a worse match than Ke- Kelly and Nina on the whole run? Um, There's been more boring matches. Joseph Connors. Joseph Connors. But, <laughs> but he does what he does, which isn't good, but he does what he does as good as he can do something bad. He's he's clinical. There's no botching. He knows exactly what he's doing. Whereas yeah, he's, yeah, he's making job as taking nasty bumps so he can look good. Exactly. And then you look at Nina Samuels and Killer Kelly. It was just it was it never got going. The wrong person won, and there was times when you know, like you say, Nina Samuels had Killer Kelly's foot in her hand for about four bloody hours <laughs> before Killer Kelly had the nous to go. I'll do an Inzaguri. It, it's been rumored that the dark match at NXT. The takeover will just be an hour of Killer Ke- Kelly holding on to Nina Samuels, like <laughs> like the ten hours of Matt Hardy laughing. <laughs> like, oh, uh, nice. oh, I really, really hope not. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. This is our last podcast before Christmas, so if you are listening before Christmas, have a very, very good Christmas. We wish you all the best. Thank I'm you sorry so- that we missed Hanukkah. Yeah, sorry about Hanukkah and everything else that we missed as well. But thank you to everyone who has listened, subscribed, downloaded um, the podcast this year. It's been amazing to see the podcast progress the way it has done, so thank you so much for that. They um, added their best member. Pardon? We added their best member. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. We added the twat <laughs> who does the New Japan stuff. <laughs> we love you really, man. I'm only joking. Fetus. Um, <laughs> in the Can't meantime... Can't go a podcast. <laughs> in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and on CastBox. If you can, leave us a five-star review. It really does help the podcast out. Thank you to everyone who's done that already. You can follow us on Twitter at Podmania. You can follow me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Where can they find you, Chris? At YoungLionCXD. DM's open. <laughs> oh, God, please. It just... Oh, God. <laughs> Well, it seems like a fitting end to the last podcast of 2019 with Chris being creepy. So thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you for a brilliant 2018. Here's to an even better 2019. We will talk to you guys again soon.